Support for OPB comes from our members and from our sponsors, like Tracy Ray from the employment law firm of Baron Lehman. Tracy says that OPB sponsorship is a great way to support the community and connect with Baron Liebman's clients. From the Gert Boyle Studio at OPB, this is Think Out Loud. I'm Dave Miller. The two largest supermarket chains in the U.S. want to become one. Kroger and Albertsons first announced their proposed merger in 2022. The Federal Trade Commission has been reviewing the proposal for more than a year now. It's expected to make a decision soon. Meanwhile, lawmakers, consumer advocates, and others have raised concerns about this merger. Washington Attorney General Bob Ferguson recently sued to block it, arguing that it would reduce competition and raise grocery prices. NPR business correspondent Alina Selyuk has been covering this story, and she joins us now. It's great to have you on the show. Hello, hello. Can you give us a sense for just how large Kroger and Albertsons are? Sure. Uh, So Kroger is the biggest supermarket operator in the U.S. It has about 2,700 locations. It owns a bunch of different brands. So depending on which part of the country you're from, you might know it as Ralph's or Harris Teeter here in the D.C. area. Um, It also has Fred Meyer, King Supers. It has a whole bunch of chains. And then Albertsons is the second biggest chain. Uh, It has 22, almost 2,300 stores. And that chain owns Safeway and Vons. So put together, they would have more than 5,000 locations and employ 720,000 people. That number, some, I don't know why, but it was the employment number that hit me even yeah. more than the store number. A, a, a remarkable number of people, almost three quarters of a million workers. Uh, that's if there are no layoffs. Um, what areas of the country might see the biggest impacts if the merger were to go forward? Right. So these chains are regional, which is, I think, what you're alluding to here, that in various parts of the country, the overlap differs. And the parts of the country that overlap the most or have the most overlap of these two chains uh, tend to be Western states. Um, We've heard a lot about states like Arizona, Colorado, California, Wyoming, Oregon, Washington. I should note that according to the research company Placer AI, Kroger and Albertsons account for about 57% of market share of grocery stores in the Northwest. And that includes Oregon, Washington, Idaho, Montana, and Wyoming. Um, A number that probably wouldn't come as a surprise to anyone who's driven around so many parts of Oregon and seen just you know, tons of Fred Meyers and Safeways and Albertsons and a few QFCs, often right next door to each other or right across Mm -hmm. the street. What are the big questions in front of the Federal Trade Commission right now? So the FTC is a, um, a federal agency that's tasked with making sure that uh, companies don't turn into monopolies and uh, the reviews that they do tend to focus on whether a merger or an acquisition would harm competition and uh, potentially harm consumers in the process. And that's, I mean, the central question they are weighing is whether these two companies coming together, uh, whether that's better for competition or worse for competition or neutral for competition. The the Curious and the tricky bit here is what counts as competition. Um, I'm sure we'll get to it in a minute, but this kind of 
supermarket competition in the U.S. has historically been measured on a very hyper-local level, like in your neighborhood. You have these two choices. If this merger happens, how would that affect you? Which is very different when you take a step back and try to look on a national level. And that is kind of a very curious thing. We're waiting to see how the regulators approach this concept of competition in this modern world, uh, looking at two large supermarket chains. So some huge questions for the FTC to consider. How do they go about answering those questions? They tend to study it. They, they, they gather tons and tons of data. They do a lot of interviews. They speak with competitors, so like rival chains. They speak with workers. They speak with suppliers, farmers. Um, and they do actually often study sort of a neighborhood-by-neighborhood ma- maps of supermarket competition. This is how it's traditionally been done. I obviously don't have any insight on how they're going about it in this particular case, but that tends to be their process. What have the companies themselves, Kroger and Albertsons, said about competition and pricing? Right. So the, the as we as I said, those those sort of, sort of the two big questions the FTC tends to ask or has historically asked: this merger does it lead to less competition? Will this merger lead to higher prices for shoppers? And the companies say. It, it will not. The companies argue that together they do not plan to do any layoffs. They do not plan to close any stores. They do not plan to raise prices. In fact, they will say that together they will be able to lower prices for shoppers because they'll get better deals with suppliers, uh, perhaps. Or they also say they plan to invest billion dollars in higher wages and higher benefits for workers. So they say it's a good deal all around. And the thing they point out, and this is sort of a big central thing. To go back to that idea, what counts as competition in grocery, they say their biggest competitors are Amazon, Costco, and Walmart, especially Walmart. Walmart sells the most groceries in the U.S. It is nationwide. It sells more groceries than Kroger and Albertsons combined. And the companies argue Amazon, Costco, and Walmart, they can only compete against them by coming together. The question is, will the FTC buy that argument? I mean, it really, it sounds like a a kind of monopolization arms race. Kroger and Albertsons are saying these other companies, Walmart and and others, they're they're so big that they're muscling us out and we have no choice but to get bigger too. Um, They did put forward a plan to preserve some version of competition Mm -hmm. in local markets that have a lot of overlap. What are they proposing? Yeah, so as I was saying, traditionally, you know, regulators might go neighborhood by neighborhood and say, well, here's a Harris Theater and here's a, I don't know, Safeway, and they're right across the street from each other. It shouldn't be that these two stores across the street from each other, you know, belong to one company, which would be the case if, you know, Kroger and Albertsons merge. And so to address that specific concern, the company said they would sell hundreds of stores. Um, I think the minimum number is said that they would sell at least 413 stores and possibly up to 650 stores to this other third company. The third company is called CNS Wholesale Grocers. Um, Some people know it because it runs Piggly Wiggly in some parts of the country, but it's generally a supplier, like a grocery supplier. And so what Kroger and Albertsons are saying that they will take these hundreds of stores and they will sell them to CNS Wholesale. So in that neighborhood, if you have these two stores, it wouldn't those two stores would no longer belong to one bigger Kroger slash Albertsons. They would actually preserve competition by 
having that other store be run by CNS Wholesale, uh, theoretically preserving competition as it stands right now. It says something about the the level of market saturation in Oregon that, according to reporting by The Oregonian, Krogan Albertsons would sell at least 49 of their combined Oregon stores to this other company, to CNS Wholesale Grocers, as part of the merger. They have not yet said which individual stores um, w- would be uh, would be sold if it goes through, but uh, it's a high number. About fifty stores would no longer be one or the other company. How likely is this to actually preserve competition? I guess I mean this gets to the question of, of question. what do we even mean by competition in in the digital age? Yeah, and I think specifically, so this this whole process has a term. It's called divestiture, and historically, divestitures have been kind of a very traditional way to go about preserving competition in these kinds of tricky mergers to you know to appease regulators. But this. Lately, in the last decade or so, antitrust experts, including quite a number of leaders in the regulatory jobs, in these antitrust jobs in the Biden administration, they have been really skeptical about divestitures. They will argue, you know, uh, this other third party, are they as well equipped to run a store? Are they actually going to survive as a competitor? Or... um, Ironically, the one of the examples that people have been giving me to show that divestitures don't always work has to do with Albertsons itself. Um, back in 2015, Albertsons bought Safeway. This was a really big merger. It did get approved. And as part of the approval, regulators required Albertsons to sell off uh, almost 200 stores. Um, and as, as part of this divestiture. And it got sold off to a number of companies. And one of the companies that bought a couple dozen stores or a few dozen stores actually went bankrupt just like within months. And so the, that other, this buyer uh, went bankrupt and laid off workers. And in bankruptcy, Albertsons bought back 33 of those stores, some of those stores for as little as $1. So that is why I think this question of whether divestitures will work is hugely central to this particular merger and whether the FTC or or how the FTC actually deems um, it going forward. We asked listeners what a potential Kroger-Albertsons merger would mean for them. Corianne Woodward wrote, I'm concerned because I work for Safeway, so that banner might be divested. What have you heard from workers of these companies, heavily unionized companies, mm-hmm. about this proposal? Um, to your point, they, it's one of the few, one of very few retailers in the U.S. that are majority unionized. And actually, companies will point it out and say that's actually a benefit, and the merger should be approved because they would be creating union jobs, unlike. Walmart, Costco, and Amazon, who are, you know, again, their biggest competitors, as they will say. The union representing the workers of these companies, the United Food and Commercial Workers Union, uh, has come out in opposition of the merger. Um, They workers, a number of workers have come to various public um, sort of forum um, slash I don't know, city council kind of meetings. They've just been speaking in public events about this merger. And the workers have been worrying that this would mean lower wages or for union purposes, whether this would be a harder company to negotiate a contract with. The companies argue that, you know, they did set aside a large amount of money for higher wages and they did commit to not laying off workers as part of the merger. And the 
third-party company that they'd found to buy their stores, CNS Wholesale Grocers, has also said that they would preserve the union contract and they would commit to trying to protect those jobs. Um, But the workers overall have been quite leery. An added wrinkle here is that the Biden administration has taken a a real activist stance on antitrust matters, especially the, the chair of the FTC, but they don't really have a great winning record. What has their approach been? Well, they have had a number of really high-profile losses in courts. Um, so one way that they've gone about trying to block, you know, if the FTC decides to block a merger, they have to take it to court. And in some of the really big uh, deals like Microsoft trying to buy um, Activision, uh, uh, they they got overruled. The FTC lost that case. They have also, uh, did, they did block, they have blocked a number of mergers. I do want to point out they uh, just recently um, effectively killed a merger of Amazon and iRobot, which is a maker of those um, cleaning robot things. <laughs> and then they there was a really large merger of publishers, Penguin Random House and Simon & Schuster. That merger fell apart under scrutiny. There have been a number of successes for the FTC in terms of blocking mergers if they decide to do so. But the, overall, I would say the Biden administration has been more aggressive uh, and less concerned with only taking on surefire wins, if that makes sense. Um, so it is kind of interesting that this this particular deal review has been going on for much longer than anticipated originally. I um, We don't know whether they will sue to block or settle with conditions such as maybe um, the, those divestitures, but we'll see. Hmm. I mean, Many of the recent high-profile antitrust cases have been about big tech. They have to do with search or acquisitions of one tech company by another or you know, affiliated sellers, like in the case with Facebook. These are issues that are really crucial to our lives because tech is embedded in so much of the way we live our lives. But I, it, it just feels to me less tangible than like the price of a carton of eggs or the price of a half gallon of milk. Do you get the sense that the FTC is paying more, closer attention to this potential merger because average people are more aware of the potential repercussions? I mean, it's possible. It's hard to say because the FTC doesn't say very much about the (laughs) reviews that they're doing when they're underway. It's hard to say. I do want to say that I think maybe we hear about very large of the, you know, these tech deals. They're really kind of sort of cutting edge technologies and they're very um, high profile cases. But they have also uh, to my to add to my list of other mergers that they have blocked. There was a merger of alcohol distributors. That's pretty tangible um, that they that the FTC went after and ended up um, the the deal ended up falling apart. It's I don't know. I don't know that they are necessarily paying more attention, but I sure know that they they did go. The FTC chair did go sort of on a trip. Um, they met with the the FTC leaders have met with um, lots and lots of state representatives, and this is one of those mergers that really did draw lots of regular folks out to attend these meetings and lots of workers and sort of union leaders out. Um, So it really engaged many lawmakers on every level in federal and state and local um, in a way that is, you know, not the Facebook can't do. Mm. (laughs) Um, So this really, really affects sort of what happens down the street from you, for sure. You mentioned state officials. I noted at the beginning that Washington's attorney general Mm -hmm. um, has has pursued legal action against this merger. What's he asking for? 
Yeah, so he, I mean, he's asking for a, a it's called a permanent nationwide, nationwide injunction, but what he's asking for is for this merger to stop. Um, so he's using his state um, and, and the power of his seat to say, you know, is this is how it's going to affect my state and therefore it should be blocked everywhere while we're, you know, considering this case. Um, he, he mainly points out what you said earlier on, which is that the um, he says more than half of all supermarkets in his state um, would be affected by this merger uh, in uncertain, unclear ways. And so he's saying the merger would be bad for his state. And he argues that, therefore, this merger should not proceed. That case has only just begun. Um, and I just do want to also clarify that his case, the Washington state case, doesn't really have a bearing on what the federal regulators will do. And that particular review has been going on, and it is unclear to me how long it will continue. Alina, thanks very much. Thank you. Alina Seljuk is business correspondent for NPR. She joined us to talk about the proposed merger of Albertsons and Kroger. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Line takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Through Line wherever you get your podcasts.